You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah. Don't it sound so epic? Horns are screaming, I ain't the one you want to mess with. Use a joke, I ain't the one you want to jest with. The battle's coming, you only got a few seconds to run. Yeah. Hey everybody, this yeah. is Matt from Cincy Jungle. Today I've got a guest from Inquirer Sports, Lindsay Patterson. Lindsay, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you? Great, looking forward to, uh, to getting the season going and we haven't actually gotten to see Joe Burrow in live action with the lack of preseason games. And um, it's almost here. <laughs> it's, a, it's an exciting time. You know, it's really crazy because we've been doing zooms pretty much in t- since April, right before the draft started with some of the coaches and assistant coaches. And then we of course got to talk to Joe Burrow and we have zoom interviews pretty much every day during training camp. So we only know these players pretty much <laughs> through a computer screen. Um, no one-on-one interviews at the moment. And we've watched Joe, of course, in some of the training camp action and a couple of scrimmages and they had their little walkthrough last night. So it's still strange times, but I do feel the excitement from the fan base right now with Joe Burrow and company. Absolutely. And, and you know, you talk a little bit about the unconventional off season. Uh, obviously everybody's dealing with it. It's particularly unfortunate when you're dealing with it with a, with a rookie quarterback that you're planning on starting week one, but how do you think the Bengals have dealt with this year's adversity compared to other teams around the league? You know, it's actually really crazy. And I'll go back to draft week, just talking to people. And and then I want to, you know, give the team credit, but also Joe Burrow, just talking to people prior to Joe Burrow getting drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. Everyone told me, and I said, well, how will he adjust? Of course he had this breakout year in 2019 with LSU and college football, but it's a different ball game in the NFL. And everybody who has been around Joe Burrow from the LSU side, college football, and just NFL people who saw him and met him at the combine, they said, if anybody can handle it, Joe Burrow can. And credit to Zach Taylor too. I don't know if it's just he's a younger guy, but the way he's handled these Zooms and the meetings during a really odd offseason for these guys, I think will come into play and be really helpful. But just talking to coaches and players who have been around Joe since the last couple weeks of training camp, they just said this guy's a leader. You wouldn't know he's a rookie when he's out there. But of course, Joe even joked on a Sunday after the scrimmage number two that He'd like to get hit a couple times before that first game against the Chargers because you know what they're going up against on the D-line with Los Angeles. So I think it's still going to be a little bit of adjustment, of course, for a rookie quarterback. But really, the whole NFL is going through this for vets and rookies both. So obviously, this year is different than any other year because of of COVID-19. But kind of trying to look past that, have you noticed any changes that that Zach Taylor and his staff have made from year one to year two and how camp was run that, that might've been, you know, more their growing process than the reaction to a pandemic. Yeah. And I actually want to go back to maybe the last couple weeks of 2019. Of course the club underperformed, they go two and 14 and everyone's disappointed. Gio Bernard just told us this week, look, losing sucks. We didn't want to lose. And it was mentally and physically hard for the team, but talking to vets in the locker room, including Carlos Dunlap after the last game of the season last year, he told me, you guys don't see it. We don't always see it in the locker room or behind closed doors. But what Zach Taylor and his staff are doing is something that all the players are believing in. And I can't count the number of guys we've talked to in just the last couple of weeks alone. Some of the new guys, of course, they spent a lot of money in free agency and the new draft picks. And all of them have said they're really buying into this culture that Zach Taylor and all of his assistants are putting in there. I mean, if you look at Zach Taylor, it's been odd for him in his NFL head coaching introduction. 
obviously we know what happened last year when he was hired. He his team goes to the Super Bowl and he gets a late start hiring his staff. Then you put in a pandemic in year two for this guy. A lot of new faces on his roster, a new quarterback in Joe Burrow with all of the expectations in the world. And he still is building this culture that the locker room is believing in. And I don't think they would tell us that. I mean, it's sometimes when we don't even bring up what it's like behind the scenes and what they're really seeing from Zach Taylor and, and give credit to the front office. I mean, it's it's not breaking any news here that they spent a lot of money this offseason. And Joe Mixon said it to us the other day. He says it proves that this team wants to win and they want to win now. And I, I think you're really seeing that behind closed doors, but the players are really speaking it too. So you talk about Burrow wanting to get hit. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, Let's take a worst-case scenario look at that. Um, with Ryan Finley and Jake DeLaGala, both second-year players, um, they've been getting reps behind Burrow. And Brandon Allen, who they brought in as a free agent, started a couple games in Denver last year. He's kind of the, in case of emergency, break-glass quarterback that they're they're trying to protect and, and uh, really the quarantine quarterback. If push comes to shove... Do you think that, that Brandon Allen is is truly the number two guy w- with his experience, or or do you think he's just here in case? I think he's just here in case. Um, we heard all offseason that the Bengals felt really comfortable where they were with quarterback. Or of course, you have Joe Burrow coming in, and obviously a backup is a backup for a reason. Rarely in the NFL is your backup one of those guys where you're like, mm, should I start him or, or, or you know, should I bench my quarterback this week? This time, the Cincinnati Bengals, it's a clear cut. Obviously, Joe Burrow is the guy, and they want him to stay healthy all season long, and I know everyone's pointing at the offensive line right now. I think Ryan Finley appears to be primary the backup quarterback role right now. I I think with Allen, it's such a toss-up. Obviously, I think they're going to keep three quarterbacks on the roster, but practice squad really comes into play, too, because you have 16 spots this year because of COVID. And then six of those spots can be guys with with more experience than normal who are allowed on the practice squad. So it'll be interesting to see what the Bengals do with the practice squad spot when it comes to quarterbacks. But I think Ryan Finley will be the guy. I know it's easy to point to last season. Zach Taylor even talked about it this past week. It was odd for him last year. Nobody thought Andy Dalton was going to get benched because that just doesn't happen in Cincinnati. Rarely does the starting quarterback get benched. And Zach Taylor stepped up and said, all right, let's get Ryan Finley out there. For me personally, I have no inside information on this but I think what Zach Taylor looked at last season was like look I want to show you guys obviously you know what you have in Andy Dalton everybody knew what Andy Dalton was not saying it's good or bad it was pretty average some would say a little below average they wanted to put Ryan Finley out there just to see what he had maybe this guy could be you know nobody knew they were going to get the number one draft pick when Ryan Finley was starting it worked out perfectly for the Cincinnati Bengals but I think they wanted to see what this guy would do he gets thrown out there you know what the offensive line is And he struggled. I think getting that experience under his belt will be helpful in a backup role for Ryan Finley. And I think Allen was brought in, obviously, as a veteran in the NFL and someone that they can have in the quarterback room. But I don't feel like Zach Taylor gets enough credit either. I know he's the head coach calling offensive plays. But I think he did great things with Jared Goff. And when he left Los Angeles, I think Goff really struggled. So I don't think he gets enough credit in that room, in the quarterback room. And I think that we'll start to see that with Joe Burrow. We don't know Joe Burrow in an NFL regular season game just yet. But I'll give a little more credit to Zach Taylor and the staff when it comes to the offense and and the help that Joe Burrow will get. So you you alluded to the offensive line uh, a little bit there. I know Bengals fans were hoping that there would be more and higher profile moves made uh, in the offseason on the offensive line, Uh, specifically at the right tackle position. The fact that there hasn't been any shift on the depth chart throughout camp on the offensive line, do you think that is a function of how this offseason was that they didn't get to see them in any real live preseason action or do you think they're they're really truly comfortable with the the five guys they're rolling out there with i want to say that they're comfortable obviously without any preseason it's really difficult but then you get turner out there again in year two and guys getting more comfortable with him as your offensive line coach last year was a nightmare for the offensive line i mean you go with clint bowling you go with injuries cordy glenn 
soap opera that they were dealing with that never mm-hmm. really panned out. Obviously, Jonah Williams is going to be an upgrade in a solid role at left tackle. Trey Hopkins, one of their most productive players on the offensive line last season and just this year in, in the training camp that they've, they've had. Obviously not breaking any news there, and that's great for Joe Burrow. I think that fans want you to hear that there's a lot of competition on the right side, but there's not. And I wouldn't say Bobby Hart's out there performing better than than other positions or even your depth positions on the right side. But Fred Johnson's not showing enough. I don't think he's showing enough to really win that starting job. Could they rotate it? Possibly. But I talked to Trey Hopkins last September when they were kind of dealing with a little bit of the rotation and what I like to call in 2019 musical chairs on the offensive line. What that's like as a center and really how you adjust to that. And he said the biggest and hardest thing when you look at an offensive line is chemistry. You want to work with the same guys out there. You don't want to rotate guys in and out. It'll be interesting to see what they they do with Billy Price. I talked to the guy who worked with him, Duke Mannyweather, this offseason, and he pretty much told me, look, this is the first time Billy spent an offseason working with someone and adjusting to different roles. Billy kept his head high when, you know, he lost the center position, and, and he should have because Trey was – outperforming him but Billy realized hey I can come off the bench I can be a depth piece and that's great and you want to have that obviously you wish he was a starter at some point and and some position on the offensive line but I think the right side it's still going to be a little bit of a question mark until you get into some of these games I know a lot of other teams even the D-lines are going to be adjusting to no preseason you're going to get tested (laughs) that first week next Sunday when when you face it when you face the Chargers but I I just I'm not telling people what they want to hear (laughs) Um, but at the moment, I think that's just, I think it's, it's Bobby Hart's job right now. Um, and, and maybe getting this group, you know, a a whole couple games together in real live action will be helpful. But I think chemistry is the most important thing at the moment and they're going to get put to the test in a week. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously I think, no. And again, I'm telling people what they don't want to hear because the second (laughs) half of last season. I don't know how fans feel, but I, I love my I love me some pro football focus. And I normally go to them for, for my numbers. And and they they will tell you the second half of the season, the offensive line started to look better. I mean, you can look at what Joe Mixon did. Everyone wants to kind of ignore that a little bit because mm-hmm. there's still some holes. But I do. I think they started to perform a little better. And I think Jonah Williams is just gonna be, I mean, everything that that the fans wanted him to be. Uh he, he you're getting two number one draft picks in 2020, and it's solid to have for Joe Burrow and company. But that offensive line, it's that right side's still a question mark to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the left side, Michael Jordan was looking pretty good at the end of the end of the year last year. I think, you know, from left tackle to, to center could be pretty solid this year. Uh, but definitely some question marks on, on the right side. I think at, as fans, I think uh, we have been a little bit blind to everything coming out of Cincinnati that they clearly like Bobby Hart a lot more than the rest of us do. Um, but, uh, yeah, when you mentioned Billy Price. I think it, it would be great to see him get a shot at that that right guard spot i know the one game he started at right guard the, the miami game uh to me that was the best game he's played in his career i'm not, you know not sure how he how he graded that from anybody else but um i think he played a great game there and then xavier suofilo you know people have talked about well is that any better than john miller is it you know is it really an upgrade there i don't know that xavier suofilo is a better football player than john miller but I feel like he's he's pretty smart and he's pretty athletic and maybe he's just better for what they were doing at the end of the year with, with pulling a lot of a lot of uh, guards and down blocks and stuff like that. So I mean I, I think he could be a better fit. But yeah, without a preseason, it's really hard to tell until we uh, see him get out there. Yeah, and Michael Jordan, we talked to him a couple weeks ago, and and he said he he took, you know, some weight off of him and his confidence this year. I mean, he was a rookie out there and you're dealing with an unstable offensive line. They go two and 14. That's a lot to take in getting sure. a start. And and I think that he is really taken in this off season and just talking to some of the other guys and him and Jonah are really getting a nice connection. And I know it's pretty much, I treat this like Jonah's rookie year with him being injured last year. That's a great leader to have to someone to talk to. And, and, and that chemistry starting to get built with Michael Jordan and Jonah Williams. And that's extremely important. But, uh, 
yeah, the right side, it's still a little bit of a question mark. And it's funny because Hakeem Adeniji, I know Lap is a huge fan of Hakeem's and just talking to some of the guys who worked him out during, you know, the draft process and when the Bengals picked him up, a lot of people feel like he could be a steal. Do I feel like he's going to go out there and be a starter right away? No, but he's, but he's practiced and developed on the right and left side. So down the road, depending on how the games go and, and where this team is. And if you put them out there in some live game action, of course you would like to see that in preseason to, to see more out of them. And you feel for some of the guys in the, the lower draft picks on the roster who didn't get that chance. I think he might surprise some people. I think he's going to be, be, be one to watch down the road. Yeah, absolutely. I was a huge fan of his in the, in the draft process. And uh, I was, yeah, I was really excited when he ended up in Cincinnati because I think he's a guy that, I mean, if somebody used a, a third round comp on him, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't have batted an eye at the end of the third round. I, I think he's got some huge potential, but I think he could he could afford to work with Duke in the offseason. You know, I think he could uh, he needs a year to develop and to uh, to gain some strength. And he actually he was a four year starter at Kansas and he had three different position coaches. Um, and this is actually this would be the first. Well, not this year, actually, uh, assuming he's in he's in Cincinnati in, in 2021. Like that would be the first year since his sophomore year in college that he had the same position coach two years in a row. So uh, I think that continuity could be could be huge, too. Um, and, and when you talk about Michael Jordan, like great place for him to be, as you mentioned, with, with Jonah, you know, between Jonah and Trey, like two of the not even just on the offensive line, but two of the smartest guys on your football team there so he can he can relax you know and know that know that the guys next to him are going to get him in the right position yeah I really took that away from just talking to Jonah and Michael that the confidence level that both of them are getting out there and, and you wouldn't even think it a lot of people talk about Joe Burrow he doesn't look like a rookie when he's out there I think I've heard it from like 20 different players in 2020 so far but Jonah's the same way I, I think a lot of guys see this guy as a vet on the left side and Jonah told us and I'm paraphrasing here but he wants to be the left tackle for, for years to come he wants to be that fit um, and everyone's looking for that in Jonah and, and we you know there's a lot of unknowns in a lot of other positions but I, I think as you mentioned, the left side, it looks pretty strong right now. So we talk about the run game and we talk about, you know, Jonah Williams wants to be the left tackle for a long time. Well, Joe Mixon's going to be the running back for, for uh, another five years. Um, you posted a video actually on Twitter, the practice after it had come out that, that Mixon's uh, extension had been worked out uh, of, of Giovanni Bernard giving him a hug. Did you feel like, uh, was there a different air at practice that day? Do you feel like you know, kind of a, a weight was lifted off of everybody's shoulders and people could kind of, kind of breathe and know that that was done. Yeah. It was kind of a wild day because it was the first real practice since, and I, I want to say that training camp felt like training camp was over for them. But again, the players, I think they feel like it's finally, finally over. But we went to practice and it was kind of a light media day. There were only actually a few media members there. And we were just sitting on the platform where we're standing for a training camp in 2020. And all of a sudden we're like, Joe's not here again. Joe Mixon is probably, you know, he's probably still dealing with the migraines, which he did tell us were, were a serious matter. And hopefully everything's okay with that. But Joe wasn't there. So we were just kind of going through the normal routine of who else is on the field. And then all of a sudden we look at social media, Joe puts the picture out with, with the Blackburn family and uh, Paul Brown Jr. And we're like, okay, something's up. <laughs> Is he signing? Is he signing? And then all of a sudden, you know, of course, the ESPN outlets and the national outlets report that Joe Mixon, you know, agrees to terms and it's not official yet. But then Joe comes running out and we're like, OK, Joe is here. Uh, he's practicing today. So let's put two and two together. And what was really cool to see, I actually wasn't planning on taking video of them hugging. I just wanted to take video. Hey, Joe Mixon is out here and I was going to post it to my social media. And then I got the clip of, of both of them hugging. But that wasn't the first player that came up to him. AJ Green, several other guys, you know, came up to chat with them, all big smiles on their face. And Joe Mixon, I, I tell people this all the time. Uh, you're getting, I know how people feel about signing a running back. I know how people say, you know, dime a dozen. You look at the class next year and, and it's a question mark. Bengals still have a lot of players who, you know, they, they could potentially extend next year. And, you know, now they have to make some harder decisions with, with the signing of Joe Mixon, but he's one of those guys who no matter how the season's going, he's their biggest hype man. 
I, 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 we always have a player to talk to in the locker room. I mean, when you're dealing with losing seasons and they, they've been dealing with them for, for a while now, and we, we go in there and always want that like go-to guy that you can go chat with no matter what, when lose, there he is. Joe Mixon's like, yeah, I'll talk to you guys. I'll talk to you. No matter what would always talk to us at times when he could throw his offensive line under the bus, never did was in Zach Taylor's press conferences during, you know, late in the season, November, December, he comes in, no player ever comes into his press conferences because nobody, I don't, I mean, they're, they're busy changing. They're ready to leave, you know, the stadium. All of a sudden we look over to the right and Joe is sitting there listening to Zach Taylor's post-conference after a loss. And we're like, is he going to ask a question? Like what's going on? And after a win, some of the players were at the podium. Joe Joe comes in and, and jokes with them and, and cheers them on. And it's just he's their biggest hype man. And and one of the infamous um, or one of the, the I, I call it an infamous uh, photo that Sam Green from the Inquirer took after the Atlanta game when AJ Green just caught the game winning touchdown. It was a crazy fashion. Joe was actually sidelined that game and he just comes running down the sideline to to be a hype man. And I think that's what you get in Joe Mixon. He's always the first to congratulate someone. You'll see it on social media. A player from another team for getting paid. He's 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 a locker room guy. He's a hype man, win or lose. And I think that's the energy you're getting. During the scrimmage on Sunday night, he went over to Zach Taylor when Zach was – I mean, it's just a scrimmage. They're, it's not a preseason game or anything. They're just kind of – going through routine and he wasn't playing yet and the, and the contract wasn't official of course but he went over to Zach and just hyping him up just getting excited and I think that's what you're getting in the guy so all of his teammates were hyped for him I mean defense offense special teams everyone was just going over and chatting with him and I think that was really cool for Gio to go over there and just he said it you know this guy deserves it and and I think they're all the it sounds cliche because of course they they get Joe Burrow and they make a lot of moves in the offseason there's something about this group and I'm not to say that that makes them win a whole bunch of games in 2020 or in 2021, but there's something about it that even Darren Simmons, who's been around the team for a long time said, it's one of the tightest groups that he's been a part of that he's coached. Mm -hmm. And he's really seen that as an assistant coach this year too. And just seeing, you know, the different rooms and positions and what we're seeing behind the scenes. And, and I could credit, you know, Zach Taylor and the culture he's building, but I think these players are really buying in and, and, I'm just answering this really long for you. <laughs> yeah, the energy, the energy was really cool that day, um, and and it's just a big credit to Mixon and the attitude he really brings into the locker room. You know, we talk about all these other things he brings to the table and his attitude and how he's you know supporting people. And I, I don't know, some people, some people kind of kind of poo poo that and and just like oh well, whatever he needs to play in the field. It's, you know, they're professionals, but I think we can all look at our jobs and you know there there are people that you work with that you know maybe they're maybe they're not even the best uh you know the best uh uh at what they do but like just kind of the the attitude they they bring to work every day you know just the positive energy that, that they give off and supporting everybody else around them like those things can be huge and and i mean i've been I've seen situations like that where where one guy is gone and all of a sudden it's a, it's a completely different atmosphere in, in the place you're working. So um, I think that, I mean, there's a lot of value to that. I mean, it, it's hard to see in the field. You can't, you can't see it on tape necessarily. You can't, you can't measure it. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, pro football focus, you know, can't, can't give me a number for it. Um, but, you know, those guys recognize it now. Talking about uh, the passing game, if you had to guess, all right, there's a ton of talent at the wide receiver position. Uh, obviously, you got Mixon and, and Geo that can catch balls. You got some good tight ends as well. Who do you think will lead the team in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns in 2020? Could, could be one name, could be three different names. Oh, that's so tough. That's so tough. Because we talked about their offense with Geo the other day, and and like there's a comparison to 2015, which is how loaded and stacked they are. I mm -hmm. think, and I know you're talking about wide receivers, so I'm not going to go off off topic here. I think I'm interested to see how he uses the tight end room. I think Drew Samples okay. are obviously going to step up this year. He started to play a little better before he got injured, and they started to use him in the offense. Tight end to be determined on what Zach Taylor does with that. But wide receiver room, I oh, it, it's such a tough call right now because you have AJ Green and John Ross, and I want to I want to say when you look at both of them. You know, unfortunately, you look at health. 
and, and wonder how healthy they can stay and, and what, what you get out of them. And you determine how many games is good enough for A.J. Green and John Ross to stay healthy. And, of course, some people would say all of them. But you can't get that yet. So I'm not looking at them as a full season. I'm going to say Tyler Boyd. I think the connection that Joe Burrow is already getting with him from just these training camps, I know no preseason, just scrimmages right now. Tyler Boyd is someone who has had to step up as a number one receiver for so long when AJ Green went down and then John Ross went down. You have the connection with Auden Tate. Zach Taylor is using him. Fans are pumped about that because the way Zach Taylor is finally getting this guy on the field. I think T Higgins is going to be a late contributor. So to make my long answer short, I'm just going to say Tyler Boyd. When it comes to receiving yards and touchdowns, it's such a toss-up. He's had back-to-back 1,000 yards. Obviously over more than that. But for Tyler Boyd's sake, I want A.J. Green and John Ross to stay healthy. So, I mean, if if that's the case, if A.J. Green can stay semi-healthy, I I mean, sky's the limit, as A.J. Green would say. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's such a tough call. But I I guess I would put Tyler Boyd as, as the most receptions and TDs on the team. It's crazy, like to think about it. Like, obviously, it's really exciting to have AJ back, and and you know, I think AJ can still be a a top receiver, and he was a you know a, a top five receiver for a lot of times in the league. But you could make a legitimate case for three different guys, and none of them being AJ. <laughs> you know, like and like like you could make a good case for that. That's that's how much talent really is in that room. It's insane to think about it if these guys can stay healthy. I mean, obviously, I think T. Higgins, it's your first pick in the second round. You want him to contribute, and he's just such a different kind of wide receiver, just talking to other people. And, again, everyone's going to have the comparison, but I've, I've asked people to compare him to a receiver that, you know, you've seen in a Bengals uniform. And, yeah, he's wearing 8-5, so it's an easy comparison when you look at <laughs> a guy like Chad Johnson. But what he can, what some of the catches he's making, it hurts my body. Not to say that the ball's not going to him, <laughs> but he just makes a play every time. So I think that just his athleticism, like what what he's going to bring to the offense, it's not going to be a day one thing. Um, and and with receptions, I mean Zach Taylor, that'd be a good problem to have if John Ross and AJ Green stay healthy and how he rotates them into the offense. And I mean, I, I don't, I, I've I've talked to plenty of people from Michael Lombardi, people who just you know watch the tape and and you too. And I, I tell them all the time, do you feel like this wide receiver room is not getting enough credit? And everyone's just like, I don't feel like it's getting enough credit right now only because of just their past history of losing games. If if they start winning, people are going to start to pay attention to what this wide receiver room looks like. And obviously, all eyes are on when you have Joe Burrow as the quarterback in Cincinnati. So I think, again, health is obviously the number one concern with, with Ross and E.J. Green. But if you get those guys for, you know, I say 10 to 12 games, and I know that wouldn't make a lot of people happy. They want a full season, but I think you'd be pretty lucky. I don't know. I, I, I... You know, I get when you, especially when you put money into it, but to me, 12 games is, is fine. <laughs> you yep. know? Like, especially, you know, you know like you got to manage them a little bit too, you know, and, and when you have that kind of talent, you know, if, if you can afford to, you know, you got that much talent. If, if you don't have AJ for a couple of games in October and you don't have John for a couple of games in, in November, and then you're, you know, you're fully stocked and, and loaded, you know, heading into a, you know, knock on wood, playoff uh, run, like you can make that work. <laughs> you know, like it, you, got, it, you don't have to be healthy all year. You have to be healthy when you need to be healthy. You know, it's insane to think about. You know, you know, and we're not talking about top receiving yards or touchdowns here, but a guy who just finds his way, and I feel like he's going to make the fifty-three man. Um, I know some people may disagree, or you know, it's still a question mark, and they're going to keep a lot of receivers on on the fifty-three. Uh, Alex Erickson is one who has just been solid for them. You know, for the last couple of years, I know he's been a backup or he's over on special teams and what he's been able to contribute just to still have that guy on your roster as like at one point he needed to be one of the one of the starting receivers is is one of the guys who you question in the last two years. Is he going to get cut? Is he going to make the roster for the Bengals that kind of have that as a depth department? Alex Erickson, it's not a bad problem to have you there. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. And, and because of. The other, the five guys who are home run, surefire, making the team. Uh, then you look at the rest, and it's like, well, 
I don't, you know, if they find somebody else to return punts, is Erickson going to make it? And then they've got uh, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, who's been a, a star of the preseason. But, like, how does Michael Thomas get on the field on offense with, or excuse me, Mike Thomas with all these other guys? And uh, and then Stanley Morgan was was incredible on special teams last year. Um, and, and again, like, I, I just listed eight guys. You know, are they going to keep eight receivers? I mean, they can't have that many active <laughs> game days. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they make all that work. That's uh, you know, that's one of those first world problems. That's uh, you know, good problems to have for you. But um, moving over to defense, so the Bengals' first big move of the offseason of this uh, somewhat unprecedented offseason was bringing in DJ Reader. They continued to add defensive talent and. You know, I was going to say this month, but I guess it's September now. But uh, in camp, uh, kept going with it, adding another defensive tackle in in Mike Daniels. How do you think that this defense overall has performed? Uh, and you know, do you think that the investment is going to going to pay off for the Bengals this year? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really easy when you look at this team as a whole. We we just talked about a loaded wide receiver room, but there's still question marks when it comes to health. I think when you look at the defensive line, it's their strongest position group. You already had guys like Carlos Dunlap and Geno Adkins, who I feel like is going to be a Hall of Famer one day. Um, you add in DJ Reader and just the added help from Sam Hubbard. You get Mike Daniels. It's just when you look at this room right now and just some of the vet help, it's crazy to think that Carlos and Geno Adkins are, are going into year 11. Adding a guy like DJ Reader, another one of those guys, and it's cliche to say, but on and off the field, what you're getting from this guy, you can already tell de- tell the development of chemistry that they're getting from him and what he's going to bring to the room. I thought what was really interesting is, obviously, when they were dealing with some of the injuries, everyone started to look at the room a little bit a couple weeks ago, like, oh, that's, yeah, your depth piece. No, uh, no, that's not good. When they brought in Mike Daniels, I mean, this team, normally when they sign a guy, it's like, oh, that's an added depth piece. We'll see what happens. They'll rotate Mike Daniels in. But it's never anybody that, like, anybody has ever heard of. And they bring in a guy like Mike Daniels to only add more depth into that position group. I think that's just so telling and and credit to the coaching staff and obviously the front office, what they're doing with the D line. Everyone will say that's, that's how you, everyone wants to point to the offensive line and say, that's the most important position. You got to, you know, it starts right there. Defensive line. I mean, you look at some of the best teams in the NFL right now, and that's where Mm -hmm. they're loaded up on. And I think that's what the Bengals decided to do. Like, obviously they have talent there, but they added more depth. And I think that signing, I think you'll remember that day. You remember when the Bengals could finally sign free agents or the, and you could in the NFL and everyone's like, they're not making any moves. It's the same old Bengals team. Like they're just content with where (laughs) they're at. And then all of a sudden that DJ reader signing came across Twitter and it was like, Oh, Okay, so they're starting. Like, we'll we'll see what else happens. And they and they didn't stop there. I think defensively they started to get to get it together the second half of last season. And when we talked a little bit about the offensive line and, and, and Joe Mixon in the second half, but I th- think we started to see that. And that's credit to Lou. Um, a lot of people are buying into what they're what he's doing. And, and even William Jackson the third, this is a huge year for him. He told us going into year two in the same system is so helpful. I know they bring in some new guys who are, are going to have to learn it too, but. These guys are getting more comfortable on the defensive side and and they're believing in what Luke can do as defensive coordinator. And that's really helpful. Yeah, that's huge. And I mean, it's interesting with Daniels too, because you know, the, the three, four stuff they run, it was about a quarter of the time last year, they were in a three, four defense and, and that's, that's a three defense to tackle defense. So you'll see them all in there. And then obviously Zach Taylor was, was adamant uh, all off season that, Gino is on the field too much and they need to save him. And, uh, you know, I think Lou Ranamuro was talking about being in a key moment in the game against uh, the Raiders. And he looked next to him, uh, you know, looked to one side and Gino was there, looked to another side and Carlos is there. He's like, I got to manage this better. These guys need to be on the field in this situation. So, um, so yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, definitely a little, a little thin there though. I mean, like you've got three really talented guys, that, but then with the, with 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 Tupo out with the with the Ren injury, um, I mean I I mean I think uh, like Trey Deshaun might have a chance of making this uh, active you know roster if they if they don't make a move and you know I, I have a feeling they might not be done yet defensive tackle I th- I think they could bring in somebody else because uh, it's just a little bit little bit thin there when you when you think about it. Um, moving back a step uh, to the linebacker position. Huge changes there, uh, mostly in the draft, but a couple of free agents as well. 
what are your thoughts? How, how do you think that group has looked uh, this preseason? I think, obviously, you watch what this team did in the draft, and you're like, okay, they're going linebacker heavy right now. A lot of people look at Logan Wilson. I know there were some question marks like, oh, because you waited for Logan Wilson. Akeem Davis Gaither talking to the Senior Bowl um, executives, Jim Nagy. He told me those two guys were, were absolute steals where the Bengals got them and what they can bring. Obviously, it's going to be an adjustment when you're going into the NFL and you, you need some games under your belt. So the younger guys, it's, it may take a minute. Jermaine Pratt. I think eyes are on him. Last season, the Bengals weren't afraid to just say, okay, we're done with Preston Brown and and look at the linebacker room, move on from Nick Vigil and not settle. And you you look at who you have to face in the AFC North. This team has to step up in the linebacker position. It's going to be young. It's going to be, there's going to be some growing pains. But I think Jermaine Pratt in year two, he, he told us the other day that, look, I'm not a rookie anymore. I have to step up. I can't make those same mistakes. And, and he knows that he's kind of a vet now in that room, which is crazy to think in year two. Josh Bynes. An underrated signing, 10 years in the league. I think these guys, they're looking at him, and they even said it the other day, Akeem said it, that they look at Josh Bynes as almost an assistant coach out there. He's out there helping them, showing them where they should be. Um, and, and credit to Josh Bynes the other day, he, and this is this goes to the offense side a little bit right now, but he said Joe Burrow, when Joe Burrow made a mistake, came over to him, was really impressed with you know him asking him what mistake he made and, and what he saw in the play and, and just what Josh Bynes is really really bringing to the room on and off the field, I think is going to be really helpful. You have Jordan Evans, Marcus Bailey. I know a lot of people think that they're, they're a little scared to put Marcus Bailey on the practice squad and hide him on there. Uh, I know he's dealt with injuries before and getting him late in the draft could be, end up being a steal. I, I think eyes are on what happens in that situation. Or if you just keep him on the active 53 man, uh, the linebackers, just, it's, I I actually am really, really pumped to see that room. I, I want to see that room on the field. And, and maybe week one and week two, it's going to be hard with a short week. But I, uh, I, I th- obviously, it's, I'm not breaking any news here. It's a major upgrade, even if you're dealing with, with three rookies out there. Yeah, I know Davis Gaither was a guy that a lot of people in the, in the online draft community were expecting, uh, prior to his injury, they were expecting him to go to the combine. And after people saw his numbers, him to be getting second round buzz uh, and the Bengals ended up getting him on day three. So, uh, and, 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 you know, Bailey too. I mean, Bailey was a, uh, was an incredible talent. And I believe like the report that he was getting from the NFL was that uh, if he would have came out a year early, that, that he would be like a day two pick. He chose to come back, uh, had the injury and, and, that he, and he obviously ended up falling. So uh, yeah, could be, could be some, Huge value, really, coming from those guys. Uh, moving back a little further to, to defensive back, Trey Waynes was the other really big signing of the offseason uh, outside of Reader. Unfortunately, uh, you know, that that injury has is, is knocked him off the uh, the field. Darius Phillips is a guy that the Bengals fans love and are hoping to, that he'll get an opportunity, both, you know, on special teams and uh, and on defense. But LaShawn Sims has been getting a lot of buzz and, and you know, reportedly getting a lot of one reps ever since Waynes went down. Uh, how do you think that, that second corner position shakes out? I think it's all Darius Phillips right now. And and what a crazy, crazy couple months for the cornerback room. I mean, you go and spend money. You get Mackenzie Alexander. You get Trey Waynes. The Trey Waynes stuff has been really interesting. Unfortunately, you don't know the timetable when he's going to return, if he returns this season. I think all eyes. I mean, you look at William Jackson third, Darius Phillips. Um, it's, it's, it's a room that obviously has to get better uh, with William Jackson third. As I mentioned, it's one of his biggest years when when you go into contract for beyond 2020 I, I think Darius Phillips is, is going to be their guy um he's been definitely someone you can look at when it comes to a special teams role but being able to step as a starter and you know just the next man up it's it's another opportunity for Phillips but I think uh you have guys like like Tony Brown Winston Rose guys who have really over just the last couple of weeks of training camp and just the scrimmage alone have been able to show what they can provide in the secondary room uh but yeah when you look at some defensive concerns right now Still gotta, you still gotta look at that cornerback room, and uh, it's a little bit of a question mark because obviously you wanted Trey Waynes to be out there until the injury happened. So that's that's another room. It's defensively, you look, they're still pretty young in the cornerback room and even in the linebacker room. But that part is, um, I'm pointing to Phillips right now. 
Yeah, and Phillips, he only played in eight games last year. He was uh, dealing with some injuries as well, but he had four interceptions in eight games. I think he only started one of those too. Uh, so, I mean, that's a guy that can make some plays. And and you look at his college career too. He had a ton of interceptions in college. And between kickoff returns, interception returns, fumble returns, uh, punt returns, I mean, like this is a guy who – in college really demonstrated that with the ball in his hands, he is, he is a serious threat. So it'll it'll be interesting, you know, uh, to have him. I mean, imagine you got William Jackson, if William Jackson can be at that consistent level where they want him to be at that lock, lockdown shutdown level, like he, uh, was in years past. And then the other guy, you know, has a, has an interception every other week, you know, (laughs) like it's a, uh, pretty ridiculous and and is a threat to score. Uh, that's pretty crazy to think about now. We mentioned the Wayne's injury. Uh, there have been some other injuries uh, that have been less serious. We've also seen some family uh, issues for John Ross and Mackenzie Alexander. That thankfully, both ended up, uh, you know, turning out well for for both families. Um, who do you think stepped up when they had an opportunity due to these injuries and, and absences from camp? Oh, that's such a good question. That's such a great question. I, I still think you you look at guys like Tony Brown. I mean, I think in the last couple of scrimmages, there were so many almost interceptions for that guy. And that's really where you get the chance to step up. It's unfortunate for some of these guys who, you know, as we hear next man up when, when somebody's injured or, or someone's out of place. I, I think you look at the wide receiver room and with John Ross not being there, you look at guys like Auden Tate. T. Higgins obviously was sidelined a little bit with an injury, but back in the lineup too there's so many depth pieces in those positions that these guys are getting opportunities it would be more beneficial obviously if we were dealing with preseason games as you know that's when you have your favorite your training camp favorite your preseason favorite and we unfortunately didn't get to see that that much um depending on when you look at the secondary room i I think obviously you're missing guys like trey wayne's you're missing guys like mckenzie alexander we were just talking to Jesse Bates actually a couple weeks ago and he said Mackenzie Alexander and, and thankfully he's back with the team now and, and everything's good and all good news on his family front but he just said he's a guy who just brings like this positive energy out there and it was definitely missed John Ross the same way when you look at the wide receiver room and what you get from him, him as a leader despite dealing with injuries in the past I think it's good to have these guys back in the locker room unfortunately with some of the guys who are you know just making the cut there on that 53 man or or land on the practice squad or end up getting cut in the next 24 to 48 hours I think you know it just it's such a missed opportunity not being able to have more from the scrimmages or even the preseason games for them so unfortunately it's been a little harder to adjust and and identify you know guys who are going to get that next opportunity and, and if it's you know with the Cincinnati Bengals if it's on the practice squad or with another team but man we just missed out with preseason I I feel like that was the biggest struggle from from what we could only have a couple of scrimmages with these guys. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Uh, final cuts coming up tomorrow. Um, you know, as we're recording this on Friday, and and you know this will likely be irrelevant by the time some people listen to it, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll have our fun. Um, so hard to gauge without preseason games, but do you foresee any surprises? Uh, somebody who makes it, somebody that doesn't make it, that that you know might uh, catch us a little bit off guard. Not not necessarily Adrian Peterson off guard, but you know uh, that'll, that'll be a bit of a surprise. It's funny because I was actually walking out of Paul Brown Stadium last night uh, with James Rapine. Everybody knows he's on SI now, Sports Illustrated, and I was telling him, I said, I feel like this is pretty predictable. Like I said, allowing sixteen practice squad positions. With that or you know rookie experience it's just pretty predictable um I, I think when you look at all the position groups there's no one and we went through some of them really fast as we were walking out of paul brown stadium last night like is there another guy or i, I think the wide resume wide receiver room is the only one that you could maybe question it a little bit but I, but i'm pretty you know I'm pretty certain on AJ Green, obviously AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, Anand Tate, T. Higgins, and I go with Mike Thomas and Alex Erickson on the back half of the wide receiver room. I think that's really the only position group for me right now. When you look at the offensive line, you got Jonah Williams, Michael Jordan, Trey Hopkins, Xavier, Bobby Hart, Billy Price, Fred Johnson, Hakeem, Adeniji, and then obviously Alex Redmond's back in the mix. I don't really see any position groups for me personally, even when you look at the secondary right now with dealing with injuries. 
Um, and that's probably just because of this odd off season. I mean, if we were dealing with preseason and I feel like every team, you know, you battle some injuries through training camp, you battle guys outperforming others in preseason. I, I didn't, I didn't really see that in a lot of position groups. And I, I wish I could tell you, like, this is how I feel. This is going to be the biggest surprise. Maybe some will look at the quarterback room and, and disagree that Ryan Filling shouldn't be the backup. But for me personally, I think that's pretty set. It's pretty set and predictable. But you know what will happen in, like, 24 hours or after you record this podcast? Something crazy. The Bengals are going to surprise everyone and, like, cut a guy that you never thought they were going to cut. Uh, but no, like, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain it's, it's a pretty easy 53 project projection right now. Um, I think all eyes are on the practice squad, what that looks like. And obviously the Bengals, um, when, when it comes to waivers, who they decide if, if maybe they look around the league and say, Hmm, we were a little, we were questioning this position a little bit. We were loaded in this position or mm, we feel like that guy would probably be better fit for us. And you look at the offensive line and, and kind of make a case for that in the back half of it. So I, I think maybe when it comes to who's getting cut from other teams, um, what they what they could decide or what they may decide when that all starts to come out. But unfortunately, I think uh, the most interesting thing right now is the the practice squad and who lands on it. I mean, some are saying, does Marcus Bailey stay on the 53-man or do you put Marcus Bailey on the practice squad or do you not risk that? Um, I think their tight end room is obviously set when you look at that defensive line linebackers it's just uh I guess my I guess my I guess I would point to the wide receiver room I mean it, that would be a big surprise but I I'm pretty set on on Mike Thomas and Erickson making it so that's me that was I'm a rambler <laughs> every <laughs> single time I'm on with you <laughs> that's fine but uh no I mean I think that yeah that receiver room is so talented I mean if if AJ Green and John Ross if if you could count on them to be healthy, like if we if we felt really good about their health, I I would be looking for a trade because that that group is so deep. Um, and, and, you know, again, if, you know, like you're you're having that issue, you're like, man, how how is Auden taken in the field? How does T Higgins get on the field <laughs> you know, with this group? And obviously injuries happen, but uh, but yeah, like if you felt good about everybody injury wise, I feel like you'd probably you'd probably be trying to move one of those guys. Um, you know. Well, well, and then, well, then you look at, you look at, I mean, just on the offensive side alone, I mean, obviously the defensive secondary is probably the only room that I could think that there could be maybe a question mark or a surprise or what they decide to do. But I think offensively, it's such a good problem, obviously, if everyone stays health to have, you look at a guy like Joe Mixon and Gio Bernard. I mean, if you use them differently in the offense and how you use them, if Zach Taylor utilizes the two tight end position, I think they like what they're seeing out of Drew Sample so far in camp. So you got a lot of weapons offensively, and that's something that this, yeah. this team didn't have the last couple of years. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And, and we saw mostly 11 personnel. I think they ran the, the highest ratio of 11 personnel with one tight end, uh, three receivers, and, and one running back. Uh, I think they ran the highest uh, proportion of 11 personnel in the NFL last year. We did see a little bit of 12 as the year went on using the two tight ends. and then, it, But then, yeah, it becomes you have three receivers in the field, you have two receivers. So, you know, we, we talk about and people talk about like LSU's empty looks. LSU ran a lot of empty, but they had a tight end and a running back on the field. Uh, and, and that's, you know, what we should expect for the most part, too. It's, you know, they'll run some empty, but they're going to have they're going to have Joe uh, Mixon spread out there in those situations. So it'll be interesting to see what they what they do with that. And um, I mean, I guess the, the kind of the conventional wisdom on it is. They'll put more defensive backs on the field if if you did put five receivers out there and empty. But I mean, if the two guys you're bringing in are are T Higgins and Auden Tate, like how many how many corners are going to match up with those guys? You know, well, like, they can jump out of the gym and you know one of them six five and you know. <laughs> It's funny you say that because we talked to Zach Taylor, um, obviously about the personnel, what he used last year. And when we talked about, I mean, they just were so limited what they did with tight end position. I mean, even Tyler Eifert, good for him for getting paid in Jacksonville. He obviously wasn't going to be coming back to Cincinnati just because they didn't use the position enough. And I think that that Zach Taylor was asked about it. Are you going to use the two tight end set at all in 2020? And he said, I'm going to do whatever, you know, use whatever position group allows me to score touchdowns. So I feel like they're going to get some, they're going to get pretty creative this year and how they use those guys. Um, I think they, I mean, obviously people are so a little upset with that Drew Sample pick. So they want to see more out of them. 
But I feel like that guy's been um, he's been pretty fun to watch with Burrow and the connection they're getting. They obviously worked out a little bit before camp started, but I don't know. There's there's a lot of playmakers on this team. And obviously I look at it just from seeing them and going to camp and just watching them. And you you see the tape out there and you talk to the coaches. Um, I do feel like it's just an underrated offense. Um, I, I everyone wants to point the offensive line, but I think you look at playmakers and Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow should be pretty happy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think, you know, Burrow will help this offensive line with the, the way he can, he can create. Um, Andy was athletic, but he, but he, <laughs> it's going to sound weird. I know he was athletic, mean. but he couldn't run. <laughs> you know? I know what you mean. Like he, 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 he was running a straight line. He, he caught a quarterback draw with him. He could do it. But, but yeah, he didn't, he didn't really have that, that extra factor. And, you know, you kind of have to, it takes away some of the blitzes you can run uh, when you're looking at a guy like that. That's why, you know, historically you, you've seen that in, in college, they don't run quite the exotic blitzes. The third downs are pretty predictable in college football um, because, most quarterbacks in college football can run and, and in college, they're not really usually afraid to let them run. Um, so, so that's going to be an interesting aspect of it. And then I think too, like, like I mentioned that they were running a little bit more t- two tight ends down the stretch. And with that, because you had the, the sample injury, uh, you know, probably in large part because you had the sample injury, we were seeing sometimes Billy Price, but a lot of Fred Johnson, lining up at tight end or, or like as an H back off the line of scrimmage at times uh, in some of those games down the stretch. So having the two tight ends, you can still do the same sort of stuff and not quite as overloaded and obviously gives you more, more options, but you know, that's a big part of, of where their run game went in the last half of the year. And, and yeah, I mean, if you look at their, the, the splits on the run game, uh, I believe it was 817 yards rushing that Mixon had in the last eight games. <laughs> So, I mean, if, if, if he did that all year, like we're, we're, uh, we're in the Derrick Henry conversation with, with, with Mixon. So, um, you know, now that they kind of got that stuff figured out, they know who they are on offense. It's going to be interesting to, to, to see because you see the offensive line could get it done once, you know, the play calls were, were what they should be for that group. Yeah, I think it's going to be obviously everyone wants to look at Cincinnati and act like they're the only ones going through it and they're not. Um, I, I know you look around the NFL and, and not everyone, even in the AFC North alone, you're not dealing with a rookie quarterback, but everyone's kind of going to go through it. Everyone's going to go go through what an odd offseason it was and only going against your team. And obviously the scrimmages, Joe Burrow isn't getting hit or anything like that or taking his first hit. And will he get a hit on – will he get hit next Sunday? Probably. Probably a couple times. I mean, they're facing one of the most talented D-lines. So I, I think that every NFL team is obviously going through the same thing. There's a lot of new faces offensively and defensively with the Bengals. But if you have a guy like, as we mentioned, A.J. Green healthy, John Ross healthy, these guys have been in NFL games before. You do have experience on the offense and defensive side, and I think that's what's going to come into play. And everyone, it's just going to, it's going to be what it is for, for for the first couple of weeks in the NFL, and that's going to be the NFL as a whole. And guess what? Everyone's still going to watch it. Lindsay, always a blast to have you on. Uh, great insights as, as usual, and uh, you know, fun conversation as well. So everybody should be following Lindsay. If you're not, uh, you should be following her work. Uh, where can they find you on Twitter, and where else can they they find your work or, or listen to you? Over on Twitter, LNDS Patterson. I tweet a lot, but I promise it's mostly football stuff. Uh, so you can follow over there. Over on Cincinnati.com, we'll be doing a lot of Zoom interviews at the moment over on the podcast, Bengals Beat Podcast. I have a couple of Zooms with Pro Football Focus coming weekly. You're going to want to check those out during regular seasons. And any other work is over on the Inquirer site. So thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So we're uh, you know looking forward to, to getting going here and uh... – figure out what's going on with the 53 man. And then obviously it's going to be completely shaken up over the next few days. There's no, there's no final roster in the NFL as we all know. Uh, So Lindsay will be very busy, uh, you know, tweeting out all the information as all these roster moves happen in the next few days. So make sure you're, uh, you're following her closely and uh, stick, stick here to, uh, to Cincy jungle to the podcast. Hey, we've got the, um, uh, we've got the virtual tailgate, this season so make sure you are checking that out that's going to be live broadcast for an hour before every single uh game that will be on on both youtube and facebook we're going to have some some great guests for that uh lots of different things lined up some giveaways things along those lines so make sure you're checking that out go Bengals and uh who day
Yeah, we coming for 